How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Michael and Zach from the band Candy. They have a new album, Heaven Is Here, out on Relapse Records, June 24th. Uh, when we're recording this, the album is out, not out yet. By the time you hear it, chances are the album will be out. So, uh, But before you know, we get into all of that, where are you guys right now? Uh, Michael, let's start with you. Where are you at? I'm in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay, right on. At, at home, I assume, it looks like? I am, yeah. Awesome. And Zach? I'm in Joshua Tree doing some work awesome are you able to say what the work is or is it uh some uh just some construction work really okay no, nothing too exciting word well uh okay so the record uh heaven is here was we dropped the artwork you dropped the song um you guys must be pretty hyped on the release of this record man it's it's been a long time coming uh how hyped are you guys right now um i'm I'm really excited it, it really has been a long time coming we've worked on it um through a lot of different phases in our lives um and it's gone through a lot of different phases and, and versions and variations so um yeah i'm i'm really excited for people to be able to hear it it's kind of uh it's surreal to think that it'll be out by the time people are listening to this and from when we're recording like i guess like about a week away yeah kind of hasn't fully sunk in i'd say for for me at least is that how about you man same i think we're super psyched i think this record for us is just like a culmination of everything we've been striving for since we started the band and it finally mm -hmm. feels like we've reached a point where we have like where we've hit that and we we're just psyched to share it with everyone that's rad, man. Well, uh, we're stoked to hear it. And like I said, by the time you hear this, you probably hear it. So if you're you're just checking out Candy for the first time now, go and stream that record. Come back to this and uh, or listen to it after you're done with this interview, rather. Um, so 
you guys uh, dropped the the artwork. Now, this is one thing that always goes hand in hand with candy is this beautiful, crazy, chaotic artwork. Um, who who did the painting? And this is it's it's pretty evil looking. Uh, what was the inspiration and who did it? Um, the, the painter's name is Andrew Barnes. Um, and I think Zach can correct me on this, but he's from Seattle, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, he is. I believe. Um, and he's, uh, he's, uh, Zach and his girlfriend, Rachel found him a long time ago, um, or made contact with him. And he's, uh, we loved his, um, the style of work he does that like crazy, super detailed oil, oil painting thing. And, um, he kind of, in his own paintings has this, like, yeah, it's like this like high art look, but doing this like um, this like kind of dirty or, or um, this dirty subject matter. And uh, we really like that. And we kind of from the beginning had some ideas of what we wanted our album art to be for, yeah. for each of these um, releases that he's like worked with us on and just felt like his art kind of inspired us. And then it ins- and then we had certain ideas. And I think it's like a really cool uh it's been really awesome working with him. Um, it's been a really good give and take. And I think his, the, his visuals fit our music really well and vice versa. That's awesome. That's like a total, that's like a total partnership there. And, and, and I, I will say, you know, like, Zach, did you want to, but did you want to butt in there? Um, I just, we, f- we actually found Andrew Barnes through another artist that we were trying to work with when we got our first record cover painted. Yeah, his name is Jesse Edwards, and he put us on to Andrew, which is their friends, and then we just made a strong connection with Andrew. And like Michael said, I feel like we he really just gets the vibe we're going for. And through every painting we've done, just like this one, they've gone through different iterations, and we mm-hmm. we've given him an idea. It goes from A to B, and then somewhere in the middle of that, and then we give him a little more info and direction and then he comes back with something like completely finished. And it's just like, it's insane. I I think he's super talented and we're like super grateful to be able to work with him. hundred percent. So, you know, while the image is is striking and it stands out, I I will say, you know, and I'm speaking for myself here, it seems I'm not a musician, but it seems like it's a risk to not have, you know, the big, bold out like band name, you know, right there. Like, you know, candy with like some images here, but just like the big, bold. Like so when you're flipping through records at the store or whatever like that, you know, big logo. Is that something that you guys are specifically just like, let's just take a risk and do something and have a, a total visual image? of uh of something different was that a risk at all i honestly i never even thought about it as a potential risk until right now okay um, sorry to put that thought, sorry to put that thought in your mind <laughs> yeah we got to go back we got to scratch everything yeah i think it's working for <laughs> you guys all right though i see a few <laughs> already sold out so yeah i think we um there was a, an original version of this uh this album where we were talking about doing um some album like a like a title somehow incorporating it and i think sure. i think it was andrew that said that we just shouldn't, or maybe, maybe it was, um, Callie DeWitt who did the, um, he did the inner layout, which is like, uh, the, the, the inner sleeve design, I guess you call it, which is in my opinion, just equally as cool as the outside. Mm-hmm. It might've been him actually that said that we shouldn't do it. And I, I don't think we, I think we agreed with him. And I think that we, at least for myself, like, I think the, 
we're saying literally everything that we need to say with that yeah. with that album cover like visually like we don't need to have the name on it it's distinctive enough and yep. it represents the music enough and yeah i think i think yeah i think it says everything we need to definitely i uh, Callie Duet is another artist we work with like michael said and he i brought the painting over to his house to show him as a reference the physical copy of it and it's like six foot long like three foot tall and we rolled it out at his house and as soon as he looked at it he was like this is amazing and yeah. incredible and i don't want to do anything that impedes on it it's like this is this is it so he just like he felt strongly about it as well and i think just as we have with our other records like we were super hyped on it and we we felt it spoke for itself yeah, you got to be thankful your record label didn't say, hey, we got to put a uh, candy logo in Comic Sans here on top of it, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're definitely thankful for that. Yeah. So speaking of your record label, Relapse this is your first LP on Relapse. Um, big label, obviously well known for, you know, death metal, grindcore, underground music, but then they also have nothing. Um, they have, you know, electronic music. They're really, they've really branched out. It's just an awesome underground they just support underground artists. Uh, can you tell me about how the relationship with with Relapse kind of started? I don't really, I don't remember exactly how the conversation started because it was so long ago that we sure. initially started talking to them. Um, but in the beginning stages, we were mainly um, uh, interacting with uh, this guy. I guess he's the president. I don't know his exact title. His name's Rennie. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he. Um, He's who we talked to initially and, and for a really long time in the beginning stages of trying to decide what to do um, was who we were contacting there and was contacting us. And um, like you said, like relapse really does support and has supported like independent, like crazy music and ready. The more we talked to him, the more we felt um, kind of an alignment of like his tastes personally and what we were interested in. And we found that, I mean, there was a lot of bonus, you know, there was like a lot of um, potential upside to working with relapse for a band like us, regardless. But then the more we talk to Rennie, we find that ourself as a band and then him and then some of the people that work there have, have like a lot of um, just similar taste, which maybe um, is like unsurprising to listeners, but we, we didn't really know going into a um, bigger, uh, a, a label situation with like more resources and a bit more um, responsibility, not so much like handshake deal kind of situation. Um, so to, once we started, once we kind of made that connection and we're just talking about tattoos or cool old records we liked and all that stuff and saw that we could all kind of, we were all speaking the same language. We felt good about it. And that's really, I don't know that that's how it all started. I, I imagine, you know, when you go into to do quote unquote business and it, that's what it is, is business. You go in to do business with with a label. You probably as an artist have your guard up like, all right, all right. And then as you start to have these conversations, you can take your guard down. Like, OK, they're good Definitely. people. They have good taste. Like, like they'll like treat us. They'll treat. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They'll treat us like artists. They'll appreciate the art. We're not just a dot, uh, you know, bottom line for them. You know, so. For That's sure. great. Um, so, yeah. So um, I'm curious about the pandemic effect uh, on the band. Ha, ha, did it affect you guys at all? Like, was there, you know, did that affect the recording of the album or, you know, I guess just how did, how did the pandemic affect candy? 
it definitely affected us. I think it affected us all individually as it did everyone that experienced it. And then um, it definitely affected the band in that, like we all live, each person in candy lives in a different state. So five different states for each member. Can you Um, name the states? uh, Right now it's like Virginia slash New York for me, Mm -hmm. New Jersey, Georgia, California. Is that it? yeah, and then Buffalo, New York, which is up. so four. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And um so we had always seen each other still constantly before the pandemic because we were on we toured so much and mm-hmm. worked on music so much that I mean we didn't really go like a month without all seeing each other in person the pandemic hit and obviously we didn't see each other for at least a year, like years, I guess. Um, have you guys uh, seen each other yet? That, yeah, we have now we've played some, we we recorded the record and and then played some shows. So we have now, but, um, before we recorded it, it had been a long time, probably a year, I guess. Um, and just like, not being able to talk to each other in person in group settings at shows, you know, we would like in the past when we would write stuff, we would play a show, a certain part would hit really hard or fall flat. And we'd be in the van afterwards being like, wow, we need more like this, or we need to adjust this. And that always like factored so naturally and so easily into, um, into the writing process. And then with the pandemic that didn't happen. So it was a lot more sending stuff back and forth and, like, you know, some people couldn't respond and it was, it was hard like to, to all get on the same page, but we eventually did, but, um, that was hard with the writing and then just in isolate, just the isolation. I think that we all experienced was, um, I've seen some people comment that the new record is, you know, bleaker or more intense. And I think that can all be basically traced back to the pandemic. I think, I mean, we always want to go further with every record into something. Yeah. And I I think the intensity and the bleakness came from the situation that we were all living through with the pandemic. Zach, anything to add? No, I mean, yeah, he hit the nail on the head. It was just, we have as a band being everybody in five different States, we face enough like problems and like obstacles to writing new music. And we really count on those times. What like, the couple days after tour or before tour or the nights after the show and like to like really get to know our songs better and like the direction that we want to go. And like those, those like days and hours really make a difference for us, like in person. And without that, it definitely changed a lot and it made everything so much harder to do. And like, I'm on a different time zone. It's hard to communicate with everybody. Like, it was definitely a struggle. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, I, there was a lot of doubt. It was our, we already knew it was going to be, it was taking longer than it. It was taking a long time to move forward with another record, just trying to pick direction and figure out, you know, just, we just wanted to make something we could be proud of and we didn't want to rush it. So we were taking our time anyways. And then the pandemic hit and there was just genuinely a lot of questions about whether we'd be able to pull it off and actually get another record out. Just, because, you know, we didn't know the situation of the world and we didn't know when we'd be able to see each other or get into a studio or play shows, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So when you were finally able to meet up and record the record, where'd you guys go? 
we went to, I forget the name of the studio, but it was in um, Philadelphia with, um, his name's Arthur Rizik. Of course, uh, legend. He's a legend for sure. Talked with Max Cavalera recently. He was, he was praising, you know, um, Arthur Rizik too. So Arthur, yeah, I mean. He deserves it. He does. I think anyone that works with him would praise him. Um, Yeah, we went and uh, we recorded for like a week with him. Awesome. Cool, Mm -hmm. man. Well. That's rad. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm curious about, you know, you guys come from the world of underground hardcore and stuff. And, um, you know, let, let Zach, let's start with you this time. Um, how did you get into underground music? You know, how did you get into this world that's not so you, you can't hear it on the radio? You know, it's not on MTV. Did you have a cooler older brother? Or did you just kind of stumble upon it? How'd you find it? Just really through skateboarding, honestly. Ah, through skate videos and hanging out with older kids just at school who skateboarded and it kind of just spiraled from there like watching skate videos that was the first time i heard like minor threat and bad brains and like even like more aggressive stuff like joan jet like 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 that yeah. um, like i was like damn this is like cky yep all that so that just like it spiraled from there and then at the time we started seeing like hate breed on headbangers ball and like that and then it just spiraled from there and my friend's older brother would take us to shows a lot and like awesome i am lucky with that and he was the only one that would take us to the city and like to the annoying skate parks and all that so really just skateboarding well what was your first favorite you know hardcore band do you remember my first favorite, I don't know. I, I really like, like my minor threat and bad brains, like struck yeah. a chord with me, but like, I don't know if those were my favorite. I definitely got into like more contemporary stuff sure. at the time, but nothing notable. Fair enough, man. Well, well, Michael, how about same question for how'd you get into it? And, and what were, what were you drawn to? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really similar experience, honestly, just like older kids in the neighborhood, um, in my neighborhood, uh, yeah. just kind of put me on to, um, hardcore and started taking me to shows. Um, I'm from Richmond, uh, and it's great hardcore scene there. A lot of yeah, really good bands come from that area. Yeah. It, it's always, it's well, not always, but it, for a really, really long time has had a really like rich scene for hardcore punk and, and metal, like even before I was born. And, um, I, I mean, I'm not from anywhere else, so I, I don't really know the experience, but I, I, I do, it's a really small city and extreme music is one of the few things that, um, is kind of a notable export. So I think yeah. a lot of kids, even if they don't get into hardcore or, or punk know about it because it's kind of a thing to do, mm-hmm. um, just as a high school kid, as a middle school kid or whatever. And, wow. um, I, I just had kids in my neighborhood, many of which didn't, uh, really get too into it. But when I was really young, they would take me to shows and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that's how, that's how I got into it. And just, uh, I, I really kind of fell in love with the, the, honestly, every aspect of it. When I think of Richmond, I think of Guar, I think of Lamb of God, I think of Strike Anywhere and Avail. When Mm -hmm. I say Richmond and you think music, what band, you know, what band do you think of first? Uh, Avail would be one of them. And the other for me is probably, uh, a band called down to nothing. Oh um, yeah. Down to nothing rocks. Yeah. They were like huge for me for the question you asked earlier, like uh, a favorite hardcore band, like 
when I was getting into hardcore, they were easily my favorite band. I mean, I yeah. loved Black Flag and Bad Brains. Those were probably the first like early bands I got in or older hardcore bands I got into. But the current, like Zach said, like I got into contemporary stuff really fast. I think that's what attracts a lot of like teenagers and stuff yeah. um, uh, to it is, is the contemporary, the crazy shows, the local scene, all that stuff. And um, Down to Nothing was was like they were the kings of Richmond and it was awesome. Hey, and when you're a kid having sleepovers then and for a long time after, I mean, when you're a kid having sleepovers, you can absolutely relate to hanging out is what we do best, dude. That's like the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was easy to relate to. Exactly. Um, okay, guys. So, uh, obviously there's a lot of different influences with candy. You guys, you know, have it's, it's hardcore, but it goes outside of that realm and in, in different ways. What is an artist or a band that you love that people might be surprised of uh mike let's start michael mike let's start with you oh man um man i listen to so much random stuff it's it's hard to say um i'd say the rolling stones are my favorite rock band of all time i think okay. they're the best rock band ever maybe that'd be a surprising take if you listen just to candy's music sure nice and zach what about you man I don't know. The lines are so blurred now. I don't know if anything is surprising anymore. Yeah. But I'll go with uh I'll go with the Goo Goo Dolls from Buffalo. Dude. Metal Blade Records uh alumni, Goo Goo Four. Dolls. Um that's a good point you bring up, man, is is the lines are so blurred. Um, you know, when I first got into hardcore, you know, I, I loved like Foo Fighters and stuff, but I wouldn't rep my Foo Fighters t-shirt because, you know, you might get side eye by the guy in that Shattered Rome show, you know. But now, yeah. you know, it's everything and 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 everything is meshed together. Do you think uh, you think that's a product of like, you know, streaming or do you think that's a product of people just um, kind of growing up and getting wiser? I think it's maybe both. Honestly, it's like it de- the Internet definitely changed a lot of those lines and like what was accessible to people really mm-hmm. but also it's as we get older it's easier to like what you like and not feel judged by anybody i've never really thought about like what's making that happen i i have thought about how that is definitely a phenomenon that that's like occurring and i think candy is like that's actually like one of our central things we're trying to um or, or like a central thing we believe that we try to like carry out in our music is that like hardcore is a genre just like anything else it doesn't need to be kept off limits from anyone it doesn't need to be um sectioned off from other kinds of music and you know there's like pop music that serves the function of a happy good day and then there's like you know hardcore on the other end that if you're in a bad mood or you're you're feeling more energized or aggressive you put that on and we feel that it all can exist beside each other but i never I, i honestly have never thought about why it's blending more now. I guess it is streaming. Everyone, you know, is just one click away from, you know, checking out something and, you know, within a day. And now we're seeing tours with, you know, like hip hop groups like Suicide Boys and Code Orange and Knock Loose uh, doing big arenas, you know, and it's it's kind of awesome, man. I, I, I kind of I think it's really cool that, you know, someone who likes Roddy Rich can come see Knock Loose or something like that, you know, just just an example. And then you know, get turned on to something that's not, um, you know, I, I mean, there's arguments on both sides, but me personally, I think 
having a level playing field and just getting people stoked on good music is, is always a beautiful thing. Agreed. Right on guys. Well, uh, okay. So we all love, you know, band t-shirts. It's a big part of, you know, our culture and whatnot. I'm probably, I'm wearing like a terminal nation shirt today. Right. Okay. So, you know, some of us have too many of them. What was your first band t-shirt you ever purchased as a kid? Zach, do you remember? It was definitely a terrible local band shirt. Okay. I, I think the band was called Guns of Camden. <laughs> Guns? What was that metalcore? Yeah, it maybe that would be a, that would be a stretch. Okay. okay. Guns of shout out Guns of Camden. All right. <laughs> Sorry to bury you guys, but you know. <laughs> Michael, what about you, man? Do you remember your first band T-shirt? Oh man, honestly, it was probably either like a down to nothing shirt or maybe, maybe like a naysayer shirt. Another, another oh, band yeah. from Richmond that they were playing uh, all the same shows, same time. Yeah. Seen a lot when I was young. Nice. Right on, right on. Mine was a no doubt tragic kingdom t-shirt That's that awesome. I got at target. So that's a, That's good, a good one. one. <laughs> I still have it. My, I still have it. I never sold it off, even though I could probably get a hundred bucks. Oh, if we're talking like now. early, I thought we were talking like, um, Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about just bands. Just oh, maybe a sublime shirt or there you go. a shirt also from target for yeah, sure. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Right on guys. Well, you know, not to take up your whole day. Um, but, uh, my last question is a question I like to ask everyone, even though it's kind of random, but, uh, you know, Michael, let's start with you this time, pick a scar on your body. Show us if you can, but tell us at least the story of how you got that scar. And then Zach will do you uh, after this. I, you can't really see it anymore because I got stitches after, but last summer I was in my house and um, this house and uh, mm -hmm. there was a, a fly flying around and um, I was trying to catch it with my hands and uh, it flew in front of a window and I tried to catch it and I um, punched <laughs> a hole in the window and had to get stitches all across my hand. Um, Jesus, dude, for the fly, was the fly worth it? No, and then I went to um <laughs> I went to patient first and when I got back the fly was still flying around the house. So Oh, just to taunt you, bro. Jokes on me. It oh. was really embarrassing. <laughs> he was laughing at you. <laughs> Definitely. Zach, what about you, man? Uh I was painting before this, so I have paint all over my hands, but I have a scar. It's like a couple scars right here. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh cutting cinder blocks in the middle of winter and somebody set the saw up on uh, something that was icy and it was spinning and spinning and then every spin it slid a little bit further off the pallet that it was on and i put my block on there and the whole saw it was like it's like 18 inch saw blade it shot at my face and i jumped back but it cut my my hand open and I didn't really feel anything. I didn't know what happened. And then I just looked down and the snow was just covered in blood. And I looked down and my whole hand was like blown open. But Jesus almost cut my thumb off. But luckily it was just a few stitches. The pictures were gnarly. It was pretty gross. Have you ever considered using that as candy artwork? No, but I'm not opposed. Some uh, some piss grave style. Uh, exactly. Piss grave. Exactly. Yeah, man. I like grossness. it. Grossness. Yep. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time for, for humoring my ridiculous questions and for just having fun with me today. Uh, the new record is out as you hear this. And uh, the new album is called Heaven is Here. Uh, it's on Relapse Records. Any final words, guys? 
No, th- thanks for having us, man. Um, we'll be in uh, Seattle, I think, August 30th um, with Vane. Awesome. Um, yes. Should be, it's should be a great tour. Show. Yeah. Right on. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Just get out there. Shout out to all the people we worked with on this record. Relapse and Arthur and Andrew Barnes and Callie. It wouldn't be possible without them. So thank you to them. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.